thought the job was done. They thought it was all behind them. But sometimes, the past doesn't stay where it belongs. Now, Brad and Andrew must fight to protect all that they've built. The stakes have never been higher. And the beer has never been colder. This year, the epic continues. This is the Brew and View Podcast. Some kind of half-assed off astronaut. Yeah. Welcome to Brewview Podcast. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey, that must be Brad. Yep, this is me. It must and be you. you are. And I am Andrew, and you are listening to the podcast that is going to be reviewing some really good movies tonight. Hmm. How about that? Critic. How about that? The critics they they see Critic. they see all. <laughs> Yeah, or the critics can go f themselves. That they can. That they can. Critics be damned. Uh, yeah. Well, we are back in the building, back in the earbuds, and we are ready to uh, do some chatting, some talking, some uh, most importantly, some drinking. Yeah. And hanging out. Speaking. Speaking of. uh, What do you have? I actually just polished off a fantastic uh, double IPA from Great Raft Brewing called Grace and Grit. And uh, it is everything a double IPA should be. Like, Grace and Grit. Yes. It, uh, and now that, now that I'm saying it out loud, I, I think the name embodies it pretty well. It is a uh, 
strong hoppy aroma, um, good hoppy flavor. Uh, if you are a hop fan, it's the type of thing that um, they, it's, it's what you get up for in the morning. It's the reason you go to work, just so you can have a long day and come home and have a nice brew. Uh, it is, uh, it, it's very hoppy, but very well balanced. Um, it's, it's loaded with flavor, but easy to drink. And uh, I, I gave it a, a clean four on the old untapped. Um, it is a great beer. I think it's only around down here for a limited time. So I think I'm going to pick myself up another four pack. That's the other thing. It comes in 16 ounce cans, which nice. always a good thing. Always a good thing. Um, but great beer. Uh, as far as... Um, like easy to drink for an imperial double, um, yeah. But it's, but you know it's there. It's not the type of thing where it's like, eh, I guess this is a double. Like it's, it's got that strong flavor to it, but it's not. Uh, but it's got some grace to it. Yeah. That, so I like that. And I've I've since switched over to a farmhouse, and uh, it's good. It's just not the same. Yeah. Yeah. So give me a double any any day. Yeah. Any day. Uh so I am still on my uh Master Z kick mm-hmm. from the out or from the PNW. And I am having the Karina Peach Sour from Elliptic Brewing Company in uh, Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh it's a it's a sour ale ale. And it is is it 5.5 ABV and 10 IBU? Uh, this is a uh, a punch in the palate. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is this is not a sipping. Uh, uh, this it, I mean it came in a bomber. Uh, this is something you share with your friends. Like when it comes in the bomber, like oh look, hey look what I got. This is what we're gonna do. Mm-hmm. And you pour out a couple because, like, I'm sitting. I've been uh, since we st- first started talking, which I don't know how long ago that was. Probably 35, 40 minutes ago. Uh, I'm only about halfway through. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's it's um, it is it, it like when it's when you say hard to it's a hard to palate. I guess it's a unpalatable i wouldn't say that but it is uh, uh, a sensory overload because you get a lot of flavors through like if you breathe in whenever you take a sip you get a whole lot of uh uh bouquet or bouquet uh from it uh, i don't know man i it's i think it's good to sip on mm-hmm. for and have one of those like tulip cups that you know you have you know maybe an eight ounce cup of it um 22 ounces maybe a little bit too much um uh, i could see where there is a there's a slight peach uh tint to it but like what's happening for me is that it's as the more i drink the less i taste it and the more the sour just takes over you know what i mean yeah um and and uh, 
I would actually consider this kind of a novelty beer because, you know, you could um, have a little bit of it and say, oh, look at that. That's that's not too bad. And then go on from there uh, to drink this continuously. And that's, I think, how I would rate a beer is like uh, drinkability. And this just doesn't have it. And, like, I feel bad because I'm, like, slamming beers that he sent me. But, like, mm-hmm. I think that he would appreciate, like, the, the feedback on it. Um, yeah. It's it's not that I hate it. It's, I don't hate it at all. It's just it's the drinkability is uh, there's a hill to climb to get to there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, uh, yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a three. It's and I'm I'm not a big sour guy anyway. So yeah. maybe I'm missing something. Um, and I, I'm sure that you know my palate is. Is all jacked up, anyways, and because I just drink IPAs all the time, anyway. So, uh, but uh, I mean, it's not bad in the first like two or three sips, not bad at all. But like when you get into that, you know, that eight ounce area or even that twelve ounce area, it's like, oh, like how can I keep going? Like it's it's going to be a long. Yeah, this is a big beer. Yeah. So. Yeah. Nice. Well. yeah, I mean it. It's uh, sours are definitely. I I like them fine, but uh, like Nola, the one the uh, brewery right across the street from me, um, they just they pump them out all the time, and it's at the point now where unless it's like a specialty series of theirs, like they had some that were like. Um, aged in Chardonnay barrels and, and like these small lot ones, but it's getting to the point now where they're all just kind of slight tweaks with different pun names. Like they're, they're all kind of, I don't know, just, just getting to be the same thing. And, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that with, with summer coming to pass, there'll be some more, I don't know. Yeah, just just some stouts or something something different, um, but yeah. but like this summer it's been like uh, maybe six of their twenty four beers on tap have been sours and they've they just kind of all start to blend together. Like I said, that's that's the problem I have with it is like uh, for me like an IPA like I can tell the difference between an IPA because you can taste the difference between the hops and stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas a sour like three or four sips into it and if you taste another sour you may get hints of it but you like i i'm sure there's some connoisseurs that could tell the difference but like like after after so long you get a heartburn and your palate is wrecked yeah Ooh, yeah absolutely um it just i don't know and and, and this is i'm i'm someone who who enjoys them, I could definitely sit down and, and drink a full twelve ounce can, no problem. Um but like people who don't like them, you gotta be tired of seeing them everywhere you go. Yeah. Because yeah. they're really popular I, right now. They're they're the new um They're the new IPA. Yeah, for a while the IPA was uh, um yeah, you just hear so many 
I'm I'm really into sours lately. Yeah. Everyone, stop saying that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, and this is you know, and um, and for Master Zay that like this is nowhere or no way a a slight on you. It's just mm-hmm. it's me and my palate and the way I uh, consume them. And like, far be it for me to say, don't send me any more sours. Yeah. But like at the same time, I'm like I gotta say what's good and what isn't, and like it, this is actually a good one, but it's just like it's just more the same. And I'm eh, I'm never I don't think it, like unless some sour like comes out to, and I don't think a sour can come out and do something different for me that I'm like oh this is this is the way a sour can be because they are a certain thing and I they just dry my mouth out and they ruin my palate for the next. 45 minutes or so mm-hmm. so but anyways uh, uh enough uh, and thank you very much master because i got one more uh one more coming i hear you have some coming allegedly allegedly conjecture hearsay yes <laughs> words buzzwords yes but if you have had anything recently that you really like and would like to share it with us and like and not just put it on untapped, which would be great, mm-hmm. but like let us know like personally, like say, hey, Matt or Matt and Andrew, mm-hmm. Brad and Andrew, you let us know too. Yeah. Matt, <laughs> um, hey, this is a great beer. Uh, it's you know you know this is where you can find it. This area, or I really like it. Uh, let us know. Um, you can let us know through our our email, or you can uh, hook up with us on. Uh, on uh, Untapped, we yes. are Bruinview, uh, Bruinview Pod on Untapped, and you can follow along with our exploration of uh, hoppiness, goodness, hops, our adventures. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Um, what's What's everyone else out there? It's Friday night. Somebody's got to be. Yeah. Um, based on. Uh, Based on what I've been seeing, activity-wise, uh, uh, David Kyle, who is a good friend of ours from R2, is having a two-hearted ale. Nice. He only gave it a 3.25, which, how dare you, David? Um, you messed uh, up, that's one of my. <laughs> that's one of my favorite. That's my go-to. I mean, that's, oh, my, that's my drinking beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, Tyler Selzig from Hartford, Wisconsin. Uh, he's a follower of ours. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's having a brandy barrel aged imperial pumpkin ale, which he gave a four point two five. Which that's impressive because like most of the pumpkin ales I've had, mm-hmm. like you can go bleep yourself because most of them are just uh, posers. But like if well, you can find is, a good one, this is thirteen point four percent ABV. So yeah, that's <laughs> where you got to be. It's like a pumpkin pie. Yeah. Um, soaked in alcohol. Absolutely. And uh, J.K. at a Galactica from Clown Shoes, an IPA Imperial Double gave a four, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and David Cow's hitting it up. Orange Peel has a cocker, a cocker hop. Just from exactly Jennings. what it sounds like. Yeah, and he he's got the photo to prove it. Yep. So uh, thank you, Mister Neil. Uh, so yeah, if you want to like get in with us, 
have some fun with us. Yeah. We will have some fun with you as well. So. Absolutely. Get us up on Untapped. That's good stuff. Good stuff. Any uh, anything else going on in your in the beer world for you right now? No, man. It, this has been a uh, a slow period for me for beer. Um, I hope to to uh, hit up some more as as the uh, the witching hour approaches. I'd like to get some more stouts, some more. Uh, eh? If I can find a good pumpkin ale, I'd be happy to see it. Um, yeah, they're, you know what I mean. They're out there, but it's. Yeah, we're we're kind of I feel like we're at the tail end um culturally of pumpkin everything. Yeah, I hope so. People are finally it seems like it's tapering off and um cuz I I I mean I remember um I like Dogfish Head's pumpkin ale. Um I remember when that was like one of the only options. And then like Three or four years ago, uh, it was just everything. Everything. There's so many pumpkin ales. They're, you know, forcing pumpkin into everything. And now it's kind of getting to be that way with, I see a ton of Oktoberfests from from breweries that I would, like, do we really need another Marzen style beer? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Oktoberfest is the new, yeah, new, uh, pumpkin. Yeah, and maybe like, uh, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's trendy and all that stuff, and yeah, you know, and I guess you find what you like, and yeah, and, for I, sure. and, and your we've talked about it a million times. Your palate changes from year to year, and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully, you can find some good stuff. But here, here's the good thing: is there, there's no. Um, there's no lack of uh, different beer that you can find and, and, and indulge in. Like, uh, I mean, you could go to your local your local beer store and mm-hmm. and probably drink a different beer every day for the whole year. Yeah. And you know, I'd say fifty percent of the time you'd still be happy. Yeah. See, that's what I I have yet to do. I need to find a good bottle shop here. Because uh, I I've been I've been hitting the breweries I've been uh, the local grocery store carries a lot of good local stuff um, but I and there's the Whole Foods that you can build your own six pack but I haven't been to a place that has a strong craft beer focus where you can build your own six pack. Yeah, and you need to be able to talk to the. The people run in the shop too, yeah. and like be like, and you know, uh, form that six pack, mm-hmm. you know, and and talk to them and say, hey, what's new? What's weird? What's coming in? You know, what's odd in this area to come in? You know, yeah. just to get um, and make friends with them. Absolutely. Well. Yeah, and and I gotta find that, and because it's the the stuff that I haven't tried. For ten bucks, I can get a six pack, and that's not bad. But I'd rather spend between like ten and maybe like eight to twelve, building my own assortment, and just having six different beers. Right. 
Like I'd much my, rather do that and then find the ones I like and then maybe go back and like when friends are coming into town, like this is a great beer, get it, get a six pack of it then. Like I'd really just like to try one. So that's so hard to ask. Apparently. Yeah. I'll, <sighs> I'll just well. have to start my own podcast slash bottle shop down yeah. here. I I'm think they would call that first word first world problems. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Best world. <laughs> mm. I mean, really though. It is. Um now now I'm looking it up and there's all these things I haven't heard of. And they're all closed right now. What the hell? Pause this and be right back. Hmm. Anyways. And we're back. It's not all beer. It's not all brews. It's also views. Yeah. And uh, for for this week's uh, views on the world's current events, we're uh, going to head over to NewYorkTimes.com. Hmm. It's the last thing I need is um, is current events right now. I just want to drink and and hang out. So I assigned you a movie. Oh, you did. Let's talk okay. about that instead of. You know, the same shit that everyone's talking about. Well, you know, and I think uh, the more things change, the more things stay the same. And everyone at one time or another think this is like the worst time in history and the most divisive we are. I would argue at the time that this movie takes place, people would say the same thing. Yep. And and this movie is uh, called Jackie from 2016. uh, This movie is about uh, Jackie Kennedy Um, I think the forgotten, like after years and years, it's the forgotten figure in the whole, uh, Kennedy, Kennedy assassination, Mm -hmm. uh, thing. And, uh, what this movie is, is a, um, kind of like a, uh, a snapshot of the, uh, minutes, hours, weeks, and months after the assassination mm-hmm. of uh, JFK and the effect it had on her, her family, her the people around her, and the country. Mm-hmm. And from her point of view and the people around her. Uh, this is uh, – uh, did you get a chance to watch this? No. Okay. Um, the it's, – um, it's a <clears> – so – it's a non-linear storytelling, so it, it kind of like jumps in between like the moments before and then the weeks after, then the moments after and hours after, and basically within like a month time period or two month time period of uh, the the actual event, and uh, it's all. Th- I mean, she is pretty much. Uh, she is on screen the whole time. And this stars, uh, we have, uh, of course, Natalie Portman as Jackie Kennedy. Uh, we have Peter Sarsgaard as Bobby Kennedy. Uh, uh, we have uh, Billy Crudup as the journalist who is the, uh, I'll explain that in a, in a minute. Uh, Jonathan Hurt in one of his last, um, uh, his last roles, uh, he was taken from us too soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, and uh, uh, John Carroll Lynch, 
shows up as uh, Linda B. Johnson, which is a nice little thing. So, um, so what we have here is a, um, like I said, it's 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 a snapshot of, uh, and of who Jackie Kennedy is at this time of period. I mean, because you know we've all heard of Camelot and this idea of the the Kennedys and their. Uh, I guess their their plot to uh, not take over American politics, but to have a big influence on American po- politics. Because you mm-hmm. get, you know, you, you have uh, Jack and John, or Jack and Bobby, mm-hmm. and then you have Ted, who follows later, who lasts lasts a lot longer. Mm, too good or bad, you know. <laughs> he he lasts. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I like uh, but the idea of Camelot is, um, is something that like is, you know, as, as a, I was born, you know, 15 years, I think after the Kennedy assassination. Um, and like, it, it seems like something that happened like in an, obviously in another lifetime, but like, I have no. You know, I, I've seen the movies, I've seen the um, the conspiracy theories and all that stuff, and like uh, where the country was at this time and all that. And um, what this movie does is take it from a wife's perspective, or the uh, the wife as a uh, not a centerpiece, but a prop. Okay, mm-hmm. so. Like she is, you know, we've all heard of uh, Jeff K's philandering with Marilyn Marilyn Monroe and all that stuff, and she was more of like uh, as a set piece in the whole idea of this presidency, and um, and you get okay, uh, so you get all that, and I I know I'm kind of rambling here, but um, this movie really explores. And I think Natalie Portman does a freaking fantastic job of just emoting the different um, roles that she is expected to take on before, during, and after uh, the assassination. And this movie, for me, I mean, this movie is well-directed, it's well-acted, it's scored uh really well it's edited within i mean it's edited really well um it's i mean it's cast well i mean i think peter sarsgaard as bobby kennedy was fantastic i mean you see more of him than you do uh of uh of um uh uh, jfk Mm -hmm. and and even uh, John Carroll Lynch as uh, as uh, <clears throat> Lyndon Johnson. I mean, he's fantastic. And every every aspect of this movie is like I I recognize the the like how good this movie is. It just doesn't land for me. Like it like I can't like sit there and pick apart any part of it because it, mm-hmm. it is every part of it is really good. It just I just wasn't interested in it. And like I felt for her, like I felt for uh, her character, and she she does all she can to uh, bring you in. I, I, I mean, 
this is a movie that's going to stick with me for a while because I think it's more the message and the uh, I think who we forgot this person was like this is like a huge figure in American history and I think a lot of people forget of who she was and how important she was in like before her like the first lady wasn't anything of consequence mm-hmm. other I mean Ele- Eleanor Roosevelt don't get me wrong did a lot for a lot of people understood that but like as far as popular culture yeah like she is the first like not Kardashian because Kardashian has a negative connotation, uh, but she style icon. Oh yeah, absolutely style. Like, and like after the, after her husband's death, she became a style, which was like, I can't imagine how you'd have to live that. And I think this movie hits all the right notes. It's, and I don't want to say it's a bad movie because it isn't. It's a great movie, but it just wasn't. Uh, it was a good movie. It wasn't a great movie. Um, I, I think if you watch this, and I, I actually, I hope that if you get a chance to, and I'm not telling you to go out and watch this, but like if you have a chance to watch it, I think it's worth your while because there are some really interesting editor, edit, editing in it. Um, a lot of um weird directions in it as well the non-linear storytelling in it is is done effectively because it 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 actually it's not it's one of those movies where it's not like oh we're just telling a story no this it actually has a, a message to say um i would recommend this movie i really would and i and probably 75 of the pe- percent of the people that would watch it. I don't think would like it. Um, that I would recommend it to, but I think uh, you in particular, Andrew, would yeah. like it because it is, uh, it is, it is filmmaking done like it. It, it it's done with a deft hand. Um, but there's something lacking, and I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I I'm interested. Uh, I know it's a, and it's a heavy watch too. It's yeah, not like I'm sure there's there's no funny moment like like zero laugh out you know laugh like giggle moments like oh this is you know no yeah, this is a, a lighthearted romp. Yeah, I mean this is a this and I don't think anybody really realizes this. Like this lady saw her husband shot in the head in front of her yeah. and had his blood on her and like they don't stray away from that at any point like they spend the first half of the movie like hey he she has his blood on him yeah. or an, on her you've got yeah. red on you yes exactly so uh i like i said i i gave this movie like if i could give this a 6.5 i would I, i'll give it a seven i round up um I will never watch this movie again. I don't think, unless I watch it with my wife, because I think my wife would kind of enjoy it, uh, as far as the emotional impact of it, because it is there is an emotional impact of it. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as enjoying it, <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't know. I like. I just. I. I appreciate the balls that this movie 
took to make this film, but man, it, it's hard to find an audience for it. Yeah. No, I, I, I get it. Um, there's, you can find value in it even if you don't necessarily enjoy it. And it's going to stick with me. It, it really will because, um, I mean, yeah, that's a good mark. I mean, maybe two, three weeks from now, you might. Yeah, it come might around, it might I turn guess. my mind might, because yeah. like I'm trying to talk myself out of out of liking it, and mm-hmm. I I don't think I can. Hmm. And uh, I thought there was problems with uh, Portman's acting, hmm. but I don't think there is. I think I uh, I think she's a master at this craft. I think she's really good. Yeah, and uh, she nails it. Um, and there's like, you don't know what is, cause it seems like there's some, um, what stock footage or file footage, you know, uh, stuff that's from the original or from the time period. Mm-hmm. And I like, I don't know if it was faked or real and it's pretty impressive. That's cool. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'll, I'll definitely give it a try. Um, yeah, when, I, when I, I find some time, I, I did sit down. Um, I had like a really short work day the other day. Um, I was done with work by nine thirty in the morning, and uh, I was gonna try and watch this, but I, I just. It's a, it's it's not an easy watch. Yeah, really. I I didn't I I didn't even hit play, so it's I didn't find out that that I I just kind of projected that. I was like, you know yeah. what? Right now, I'm just I'm not in the mood for. It's not easy, but it's a worthwhile drama. watch. And yeah. Jonathan Hurt or John Hurt is really good in it. Nice, really good. Uh, it was I was happy to see him, and it, maybe it was just because I knew he was dead whenever he was acting, and it. it was nice to see him in the same movie with. Natalie Portman, after uh, uh, I think their last uh, uh, go around together was V for Vendetta. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. Um, I for movie lovers are like if you appreciate filmmaking because this is filmmaking at its not its best but like at its most earnest, and I would recommend it. Nice. Anyways, you watched a movie. I did. I watched. I watched a. Speaking of guys, different shot. biographical drama. Yes. Oh. From uh, this year, I watched All Eyes on Me, the uh, sort of Benny Boom directed, uh, sort of um, biographical story of. Uh, prolific rapper, actor, poet, and activist Tupac Shakur. And uh, so, this is um, I I say um, sort of Benny Boom directed because this is a movie that is, was um, infamously difficult to. Uh, secure a a director for i think that they had cycled through a few people um even before filming started and then if i remember correct john singleton 
was um, going forward with it, and he bailed on it. So I, I don't know how much footage anybody shot, anything like that. Um, but Benny Boom is really not known for anything other than uh, music videos. Um, his, his known for includes, uh, he directed SWAT Firefight in 2011. Hmm. <laughs> and uh, the, the one that we all know, All Eyes on Me. And uh, it stars one Demetrius Ship Jr., as Tupac, and uh, this was this is his first role, um, his first film role, and uh, what a coming out party for him! Um, was he good? He he was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I hope that this project doesn't follow him forever, um, just because he. I'm. Obviously, one of the reasons he was cast is he, on screen, it's like watching a Tupac music video. Like, he, uh, the the physicalities, the mannerisms are all there, but he just straight down to his face looks like him. Right. Um, so, and that's totally one of those things that, especially when, when, uh, actors are starting out, could, it, it starts out as a gift and becomes a curse. So hopefully, um, he was, he was excellent in this. I, I hope that he, um, can continue to find success because I think he did an incredible job. Um, and that's pretty much the end of, uh, any, any praise I have for this movie. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of a thankless task. Um, you are taking on the story of a larger-than-life um, pop culture, not even just hip-hop legend. Right. And um, I, I understand you want to do right by that, but um, there is just something about this. There, there's just this through line of like hero worship at the cost of facts. Right. Um, that is just so frustrating. It's um, a thing I, I've heard is, you know, never, <laughs> never trust a guy who uh, has never lost a fight in his stories. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and that's, um, that's like everything, um, bad that happens in this movie is, um, Tupac is, is a victim of circumstance. And, um, there, there's certain things like, um, the, the sexual assault case that, uh, is kind of, um, there's a lot of wishy-washy like evidence and not really um, uh, I don't know it, it it seemed like one of those things where uh, he he was um, either wrongfully accused or uh, he was 
in the wrong place at the wrong time um, is based on more on independent research than anything that's shown in the movie. But but it, anything negative that happens in the movie, he he is absolved of any sin. Um, which, if that were true, is fine. But it it just. It doesn't ring true. It doesn't play true, and it feels like, and it's like hero true. worship. Yeah, it it feels like complete. Um, it's kind of like uh, when we were talking about the Straight Outta Compton movie. Um, that that was like like a black superhero movie, yeah. and um, the reason that that worked so well is there was, um, you know, they even though the real people the characters were really well fleshed out they had um they had man versus man conflicts they they had uh they were they were larger than life but they had their flaws and um and that was an incredibly well told well cast well um well-made story it it has a long runtime too all eyes on me is uh two hours and 19 minutes and it is just um it's it's a slugfest i watched it in in three sittings oh man that's yeah that's rough <laughs> yeah yeah and uh well, d- uh, so well, i guess yeah so I'm, I have, I'm wondering if did you learn anything new or did you other than like <clears throat> like the stuff that was presented, I, I guess that you could sift through from the, the stuff I guess, that the rose colored glasses. Yeah, this no, um, the stuff that, like I, I think just um, not because it is the similar subject matter, and there there is some overlap in this. Just to go back to straight out of Compton, um, I'm so interested, and I really hope that they. Um, I haven't looked into it lately, but allegedly there is a death row movie coming out. Um, and, uh, I, hopefully it's, it gets the same, the straight out of Compton treatment because that's, what's interesting. That's the, um, but even that's the time period that, that is not really well documented. And there's a lot of like in, in house stuff going on that, that hasn't really made it to light. That's the stuff that I'm really interested in as someone who's really into hip hop culture and done a lot of my homework on this stuff already. That's the stuff where I still like, I think the, the, the general public and, and the, the fans of that are still not sure what was going on. But in, in this, it was like comically, um, like death row records, uh, the studio was like a villain's lair. Yeah. (laughs) It just looked, I know. And maybe it did look like that. I don't know. But, but it was just like, it was all lit in red and you know, this, the slow motion smoke from the cigar. And it was just like, ah, and, um, Mm -hmm. so, so that stuff was bad. Uh, well, I think, I think as well, like, um, like Sherry Compton, Mm -hmm. it, it was sugar coated as Oh, as well. absolutely. I mean, there were things. I think it was it was a little more sugar coated by omission. Um, 
like Dr. Dre is a guy with a, an incredibly checkered past. Um, yeah. but you wouldn't get that from straight out of Compton, but they no. don't, um, ste- seem to, uh, kind of just steamroll through that and kind of tweak the details. It just, it's kind of, um, it's guilty by omission. Yeah. Um, this, so on top of all that, the, the way things really fall apart is the casting is terrible. Um, the, the guy who plays Suge Knight, when he takes off his sunglasses, um, it just, it, it's obviously like, I don't know. I like straight out of Compton did such a good job and maybe it's unfair to compare the two movies, but we just, we haven't had a lot of high profile hip hop biographies. Um, so I guess I'm just going to keep going back to that. Uh, Cat Graham plays Jada Pinkett, and unless they s- say her name, I almost forget that this person is supposed to be playing Jada Pinkett. Um, even to the point where there were a couple times where I just had to assume that that was her and hope that he said her name. Um, and uh, the guy who uh the guy playing shock g did a good job he nailed the voice um he nailed the mannerisms um but the guy who played dr dre looked nothing like him the guy who played snoop dog looked nothing like him uh he got the voice right but also like it's it might have just been an editing trick because whenever he was talking his voice looked dubbed and uh so so you know that's those are knocks against it but um another huge the most glaring thing that bothered me uh that that makes the whole biographical aspect of it fall apart is there's a scene where Tupac's on stage performing the song Hail Mary which wasn't released until after he died <laughs> Like it's 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 documented that he never performed that song, right? And uh, if you can't bother to correct that, uh, what is it? An anachronism? Yeah. If you can't bother to correct that, how can I take anything else you say as value? Uh, as as yeah. How can I take I, that as fact? Yeah. And it yeah. just, it plotted along. It was so, um, it was undeserving of the right to tell this story. Like, yeah. I, I understand why people who were, uh, Jada Pinkett herself was one of the more vocal ones saying that, like, don't see this movie. This isn't how it happened. Yeah, but um, I mean, she's a kind of a, she and yeah, she you know sounds off and and uh, a lot lately. Um, she wanted to boycott the Oscars when she's has yet to. Yeah, turn I mean, in, she's turn a, in something uh, that would. She's a bit of an opportunist. Yeah, I mean, or uh, un unreliable narrator on that kind of stuff. She, yeah, unreliable narrator herself, but she's not the only one. 
yeah who yeah. uh, was no, sounding yeah. off on this and, and uh, this is like coming the score on this is not good like the scores no I've seen. no for something especially um it's the type of thing where there's a ton of hero worship for Tupac and for right. a user score on IMDb to hit 5.9. I feel like that, that tells you like the rotten tomato score, the, the Metacritic scores, you know, you kind of got to take it with a grain of salt. Like how interested are these people in this culture, et cetera. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, for sure. But the people who are seeing this movie are, wanting to enjoy this and uh it's it's only pulling in a 5.9 yeah that's a pretty good indicator i gave it a five i can't recommend it um if you even if you could find entertainment value in it it's it's just not it's not a true story yeah it's a shame though because like it really is it because like maybe it's too close to the time that like we're talking about between like uh, Stray Out Compton, like that. Mm-hmm. Not that it seemed early, but like it could be a little bit early to go back and look at that era. You know what I mean? Like to have that kind of biopic of yeah. people. Um, and he was of that time as well. So, yeah. like, you know, what's the rush to do that? And I understand the rush to do it, but mm-hmm. like, uh, let's do it right. You yeah. know, don't just get the the rights to do it and then. You know, just so we have the rights to do it, and then right. pull off a piece of shit. So I, I, um, yeah, I, I, I've heard bad things about this movie, and I, it's a shame because I think, and I'm not a big Tupac fan at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I've heard like I've owned, I own like three of his albums, and uh, and I still wasn't that big of a fan of him. You know, mm-hmm. when whenever he died, I mean, it was the same year, I think it was the same year that uh, Kirk Cobain died. No, no. Uh, or no, 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 no. I'm sorry. It was ninety seven. He ninety six. Um, God damn it! I I think it was ninety seven. Uh, okay, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm I screwed that up. <laughs> I yeah. Um, but I I was in college when this happened, and yeah. I know. No, like, it was ni- it was ninety six. Um, Notorious B.I.G. died in ninety seven. Okay, and like. I remember in my in dorm rooms, like people like shutting their doors and like mm-hmm. I'm not going to class for the next like five days and just playing Tupac. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, and you know, so and like I I understood that they appreciated them, yeah, but I never got it quite. And I understood like I, I liked the stuff, but I never really got his stuff, I guess. Yeah. But that being a well, a twenty-year-old uh, white guy from from Central Pennsylvania yeah. at that time. Well, I mean, it just that goes to show you his um, his legacy. It, yeah, is um, if if you know you make the decision that that it's more important to you to stay at home and listen to his music than go to class. Um. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Hey, yeah. if- That's a shame. It's not a better movie. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think we should take the time to do it. I think this is a victim of, hey, we have the rights to the story. Mm-hmm. We need to make this movie now before we lose the rights. Yeah, and that's clear with with all the pre production issues that it had, and all of the um, 
kind of behind the scenes drama. And and also it's hard to it's hard to tell a legendary story when some of the major players are still alive and can still have influence that influence. Yeah. And I think straight out of Compton suffered that a little bit um as well. But um straight out of Compton's a much better movie. Yeah. And uh but yeah, I I I don't know. I get it. It'd be uh like I yeah, much deserving of a much his story told a much better way and uh it just didn't happen. So so now can't can't won't recommend it. Hopefully it it fades into obscurity. Eh, probably will. Well, I tell you what, I'll make up for it this week. All right, you know, fine. I'm, fine. Because I'm going to sign you a movie that mm. may be my favorite movie I've seen this year. Okay. I like that. Um, it, um, I, and I, I'm kind of ashamed I didn't go see it in the theaters, but I'm happy that I didn't because I got it, that we will get to it, talk about it next week on it, about it. Yeah. Um, and I want you to watch it and uh, thank you to, to Fredo because uh, without him, mm -hmm. some of the stuff we do, we can't do. Yeah, um, absolutely. But uh, the movie I want you to watch next week is Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm -hmm. um, you guys on Mavs th this week talked about, uh, or you you partic in particular uh, said that uh, Spider-Man 2 was, you know, maybe some people consider it the greatest uh, superhero movie. Yeah. I, th I think if you can, well, for me, I think this is, I, I, I'm going to hold the Dark Knight out of this because that's really not a superhero movie. Uh, it's a supervillain movie. Yes. Uh, I think this is the greatest superhero movie I've ever seen. And like, I've never done this before. I'm usually very tepid and very I, yeah. like, Oh, I'm not sure if you're gonna like it, but I hope you do. Look, blah, blah blah. I dare you not to like this movie. I really do. Like uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming is like if you don't like it, we will have words like next week. I I can assure you that that's not gonna happen. <laughs> um, um, yeah, it's. Uh, I can't. Probably I not gonna be an issue. Wait to talk about it. <laughs> I I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. Um, and uh, I hope that um, I hope that it's the palate cleanse that um, that Deadpool was. Yeah. Um, I, and and quality wise, they they might be in line. They might be. Um, I, I'm I'm not gonna be comparing it to Deadpool. I'm just saying, like when Deadpool came out, it was kind of a time where. Um, it did, the franchise fatigue was setting in, and and now is is a great time for something like, uh, for something like Spider-Man: Homecoming to come along for me because you know we talked about Doctor Strange recently and it's just lackluster, and I just steamrolled through um, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and the Defenders, and uh, it just 
like at this point i'm just watching out of uh out of a a, a false uh, like an obligation yeah yeah it was just like i i could have stopped watching iron fist after three episodes and the defenders while better just uh, uh. but yeah I, you know, Spider-Man Homecoming, well, The Punisher looks like it's uh, it could be the real deal for as far as Netflix TV series goes. So I, I'm looking forward to Spider-Man Homecoming. All this is to say I'm excited. Well, I tell you what, like I I you could look at this as I mean, you obviously uh, there's parts that you ha- should know the universe that is surrounding yep. because there is some like tie-ins to it, and which is a nice thing because like for years and years we've had to separate the two, right? right? Between Sony and Marvel, but now they've teamed up and they've integrated, and it they for me, well, let's see next week. But I yeah. for me it was seamless, and I really like this movie. So uh, next week we will be talking about this, and yeah, I uh, suggest if you can find this movie, uh, I'd go out buy it, rent it, do whatever you can to see this movie. Nice, uh, because we will be talking about it. That's a very week. strong recommendation. Yeah, I usually don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me gather my thoughts. Okay, um, I'm super excited. I I am looking forward to it. I love uh, Spider Man's great, um, and uh, I did not see either of the Amazing Spider Man movies because why waste your time? Um, I'm told. I'm told. So I guess I shouldn't say anything. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Like, well, well, we'll get into it next week. So. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so I got one for you that I am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go on this journey with you. Uh, but uh, since next week will be our first uh, episode in the uh, yeah. month of October. I am assigning you a movie called I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. It's a mm-hmm. Netflix property from 2016. Um, I, I watched the trailer a few months ago, and I put a pin in it. <laughs> so yeah. just for um, for this time of year specifically. So uh, no pressure. But if this blows up in my face, I am just going to lose it. Hmm. <laughs> no. Um, so hopefully it's good. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about it next week because it looks like it could be an interesting watch. Yeah. And it's streaming it, on Netflix. Yeah. It's about time to get into that scary movie motif. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, and following that motif, uh, I know this is a title we've thrown out a lot um, but since we are um, getting into into that season, I've I've scoured Netflix and Amazon Prime, and there's just a lot of subpar choices out there. So I'm gonna lean on a movie that we've leaned on a good amount in the past, but um, it's the type of movie that is. Uh, not a bad thing if you watch it once a year around this time. Uh, from 2014, it's streaming on Netflix. It follows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so an old, old, old faithful. We're gonna lean on that once more. That's it's worth a second watch because yeah, I've only seen it once, mm-hmm. 
And I, I don't know what the rewatchability of that movie is, but I, um, it was so it was so effective. Like, and if you haven't seen it, like if you're listening to this podcast and you think you know our sensibilities, both of us love this movie. Yes, I mean I think it was on both of our like top fives from that year. I believe um, so. And it it's such a great send up to uh, old John Carpenter stuff. It's. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, it has that right, that, that great tone that, that, uh, uh, the pacing is so well done. Um, uh, the, just the way the characters, it like, they're no name actors. Like, I don't even think these actors have come up again. Right. And they're actually, to me, when I think of this movie, I think of everyone as like kind of faceless. You know, and yeah. it's just the uh, the over overarching dread that happens in this movie, and it, it's such a great flick. It really is. It's a fun watch. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Not, not for like your kids, but yeah. <laughs> hey, it's uh, never too early to learn about safe sex. So. Yeah. Well, speaking of safe sex. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my recommend, recommendation, since we're still in September, we're not quite in October yet, <laughs> I'm going to have a different kind of take on this. So you guys uh, have to watch this tomorrow. It's your yeah, last chance. Yeah. Watch it quick before it uh, passes it passes its expiration date. Um, the movie that I – is it's, it's a really good movie. And, like, I know it's cheesy. And, you know, the Mavs boys, they, they like to sit around and, you know, in their hangover days and try yeah. to make fun of it and – you know, pick fun of it, but Dirty Dancing. But we like uh, it. It's, oh yes, it's like absolutely. like Footloose too is another one that we'll yeah we'll dig around and we'll we'll dig at it, but only because it, it, only because we're so familiar with it. It's iconic. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're throwing stones at giants. You know, yeah. you're trying to you know you're trying to knock them down a peg. That's a, but that's a good way to put it. But you can't. Um, <clears throat> uh, Dirty Dancing and uh, you know Patrick Swayze and uh, Jennifer Grey. You know, uh, it's you know it is a cheesy premise, but it is in it, but the music, uh, it's it's kind of like Goodfellas in the in the sense that it it the music lends to the 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 story so much, mm-hmm. um, and because I I don't think a movie like Goodfellas I mean a movie like Goodfellas is great right yeah. but like music. <clears throat> the music enhances it so much and a mo- and and dirty dancing is the same way where like it is such uh, an ingrained part of the storytelling that like if you would remove it it, it would it would uh, suffer greatly yeah um, so this is this is an example of like the soundtrack not the score being a uh, just a, a like actually like another actor in the movie and uh it's a fantastic flick check it out if you haven't seen it uh that's on you and you can wreck you can you can uh redeem yourself and you can find it on amazon prime right now nice it is time time to see it excellent so uh next week we're going to be talking spider-man homecoming uh as well as i am uh which is not streaming as well as i am the pretty thing that lives in the house uh, which is streaming on Netflix. If you want to wait for those reviews, or maybe you've seen them both, or maybe uh, you 
just don't don't uh, don't feel like it. We've got uh, it follows is streaming on Netflix and Dirty Dancing is streaming on Amazon Prime. Uh, so you, so you got options. Yeah, you got options. And then of course, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, as we mentioned, Untapped before, uh, Twitter at Brew and View Pod. Uh, if you got 140 characters worth of something to say to us, go ahead and do it there. If you got more to say, we love getting emails from you guys. Uh, Bruinviewpod at gmail.com. And uh, if you want to hear more of me every week, I am on Matt and Andrew vs. Society on the saucelounge.com along with this very show. And uh, if you want to hear more from Mr. Brad. Yeah, you can. I am on Span the Void, and I do it with a bunch of dudes. Hell yeah. <laughs> Sounds like um, my kind of night. Whew. Yeah, a <laughs> bunch of dudes doing it. Uh, yeah, check us out. Uh, I, well, not, not if you hear this, the next week's episode, it's kind of fun episode. Nice. It, uh, we, we we venture into some racy topics and uh, we say some racy things and uh, if you have uh, if you're not too <laughs> it's all about you know, 5Ks yeah 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 <laughs> 5Ks and, racy uh, topics yeah, half marathons you know, you know yeah. the works yeah nice um, yeah nothing too long we don't do whole marathons but, yeah uh, but yeah um, you know what if you can take a joke good if you can't Fuck them. Yeah, that's fair. No hugging, no learning. <laughs> Not with hey. that. Uh, yes, and uh, uh, our show, if you're listening to it now, uh, we'd love it if you would rate and review us on iTunes. Um, if you are if you are new to the show, reach out to us. Let us know how, how you came to be. Um, but most likely it's just our faithful listeners who – we adore and truly, truly appreciate, and uh, that's good enough for us. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, trying to look and see if we have any uh, recent reviews, and no, we don't. <laughs> Damn it! Well, shit. I hmm. need another beer. Well, you might want to get one. Yeah, because when. Uh, because it's gonna, right. we're gonna shift into fourth, oh. fifth gear. Uh, we're gonna drive right into the next segment. I don't. Oh, mm. <laughs> I I don't know. I I I can't drive right now. Um, yeah. I'm gonna grab a beer, and uh, when we next pop time the top hear us, off it's that, gonna be a second. Oh yeah. God damn it. There Here. we go. There we go. I'll help you. <laughs> oh, is that a uh, 360 machine? You got a soundboard back there? Yep. That's what I do. <laughs> I don't actually drink beer. Well, I it just... sounded great. Mm. I, uh, tangent, looked up those 360 machines and uh, the cheapest one I could find was four hundred dollars. Huh. So fuck. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Uh, as promised, we we are uh, reviewing a movie tonight instead of doing a top five. It's been a while since we've done that. But before that, um, 
the I did watch another movie. Um, yes. Like, like I said, I sat down to watch. I was going to try and watch Jackie, um, but it, it, it was uh, it was weird. Like I started work at four thirty, and I was home by nine thirty, which was cool. Um, but when I sat down, I was like, you know what? I'm not in not the mood. not not in the biographical drama mood. So I gave Daddy's Home a shot. Um, Daddy's Home was, uh, I think, last year or two years ago. Um, the The sequel is getting ready to to come on out. Uh, it's from 2015, and uh, it stars Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. And um, like we were talking about, they they made a great buddy cop comedy. Um, it, the other guys, in our opinion, yeah, the other guys. Um, yeah, it's great flick. Great yeah, flick. really enjoyed it. Um, they they work great together. They they play off of um, uh, Mark Wahlberg's the the edgy um, renegade cop and and uh, uh, Will, Will Ferrell's <laughs> yeah the, the Yankee Clipper and uh, <laughs> and Will Ferrell is um, the, the nebbish uh, yeah the the desk the the playing it safe guy at the desk and uh they just they nailed it um for if you're looking for for mindless comedy done well that's a great example of it so i'm um, i'm thinking i'll give this a try and uh it just it was disappointing it it was kind of them playing those same roles right um uh, Mark Wahlberg is the wild macho man, and and Will Ferrell is the the safe desk man again. And yeah. it was just it was completely one note, and um, that was their whole thing the whole time was just stuff we'd seen before already, and it was just completely uh, like the jokes were were telegraphed. Um, there's you know, a, what was it? A scene in a uh, fertility clinic, and um, you know, Mark Wahlberg is the ex-husband, and hilarious. He's got a great dick, and Will Ferrell's average at best. Oh my god, I've never <laughs> seen that before. Yeah. Um, like, like it's just lazy jokes, like dick jokes. Absolutely, can be hilarious. There's, there's through the ages. There's tons of great examples, but just such a lazy one. And then they're at uh, the basketball game, and uh, you know he, uh, Will Ferrell gets is sad and drunk and gets on, uh, gets a pick to take the half court shot, and you know, hits a cheerleader in the face with the basketball. Oh my God, more groundbreaking comedy. Like it was just so, so mediocre from start to finish. And uh, mediocre. Yes. And uh, it just, it just, the jokes were obvious. The jokes, they were telegraphed and, um, you know, everything works out in the end, of course. Um, and uh it's just you see a lot of people who who have done a lot of you have uh will ferrell 
you know, and uh, Mark Wahlberg. We don't need to run down their resume necessarily. Uh, Linda Cardellini, who is completely wasted in this. Um, I love her in Grandma's Boy. I think she's incredible in uh, the TV series Freaks and Geeks. Just, just wasted in this. Like, like, why she has comedy chops? Why is she just kind of standing there? And then uh, Hannibal Burris, who uh, is always great. Yeah, and no, he's always he's, fun. Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg do a good job too. It's just they didn't have anything to work with. Um, but Hannibal Burris, who's always great, he is kind of the the highlight of this. And he even there, you know, you can see his numerous stand-up specials. Um, you know, just watch YouTube clips of him co-hosting the Eric Andre show. Um, his uh, his bit role in uh, in Broad City. There's just so many better options for all the people all the good people in this movie have done better stuff and it's better served like your time is better served finding that out but i wouldn't recommend it um enough people saw it that it's getting a sequel if it sounds like something you'd like uh stop listening to this show yeah and watch it on amazon prime (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um so just want to throw that out there real quick. That's the other movie I watched this week. and uh, Yeah. Any, well, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to yeah. guide people, right? We're yeah, trying to make, or, you know, the, you know, make sure that... Uh, the streaming waters are tough to navigate. Yeah. Yeah. So. We, we, we tell people what to drink, what not to drink, what to watch, what not to watch. And I think by now you know our sensibilities. Yeah. And speaking of sensibilities... I don't know what that means, but it's a good segue into <laughs> Baby Driver. And now for something completely different. Hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. Baby Driver from 2017. Um, billed as an action crime music. Uh, <laughs> it is uh, written and directed by one Edgar Wright, who you would know from some stuff. Some great know. stuff. Some some, like, uh, some some movies. I don't know if you've heard of a little movie called Shaun of the Dead. Number two on my list of top five. Uh, speaking of cop comedies, a little movie called Hot Fuzz. Probably in the top 15. Um, speaking of movies that are uh, utterly a waste of your time, The World's End. It's not that bad, oh. but... Yeah, it's not, I'm not going to defend it. garbage. No, nah, I hated that movie. Um, and I I think a lot of people didn't love it. I, so, yeah, it, it, take it, what, it's easy. It's easy to hate. But take what I, I say with a grain of salt. But a lot of people who love Edgar Wright didn't care for it. So, yeah. And I, yep. I love Edgar Wright, too. But I, I thought that movie was utter trash. Um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yeah, good movie. A little sleeper hit there. Um, so this guy has a pretty solid okay. resume. Oh, my God. He did the uh, – I don't know if this means anything to you, but uh, he did the fake trailer for the movie Don't in right. the and Grindhouse uh, yeah. double feature, which I love. So And he was supposed to do Ant-Man. Yes, but they wouldn't let him break the uh, Marvel formula. Yeah, which was 
which which I understand it especially at that time was it was a little more make or break now because yeah. Edgar Wright is so edgy. Yeah, they should call him Edgar Wright. Yeah. I I just want to point out that I'm not drunk. I'm just saying stupid things. Yeah. No, that's a good that's a good <laughs> I'm point. just being an idiot. Yeah. Um because that's what's fun. That's what we do. And speaking of fun, Baby Driver uh, mm-hmm. is the story of a uh, young getaway driver who, after being coerced into working for a crime boss, finds himself taking part in a heist doomed to fail. Um, getting a little bit ahead of ourselves in that. Uh, yeah. But we'll, but we'll, we'll get there. Um, it's, it's been a while since we um, built an episode it built an episode around a movie we're reviewing, so I think we should just throw out there. We're going to be talking spoilers. Um, if if you don't want it spoiled. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's... And In all, I don't the, know how much spoilers you can give in yeah, this the movie. Yeah, the movie goes exactly where you think it's going to go, and it is a lot of what makes this movie great is it's about how it gets there. It's about, well, I guess that in itself is a spoiler, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So spoiler, Let's just, just, just tread with caution. Um, uh, uh, but we get, uh, my first, first internet or introduction to Ansel Elgert. Yeah. I think this is the first movie I've seen him in. I know he's been in, uh, the fault in our stars. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I missed that one um, in the Divergent series, which you know, bad on me again. I mm. I didn't catch those. Uh, but we also get John Bernthal. We all know him from The Walking Dead and other things. Uh, we get John Hamm from everything. Uh, <laughs> Elsa, what a madman! Yeah. Um, who is ooh, quite yeah, the looker? She uh, is, she's a darling. <laughs> yeah. Um, her character. Uh, and Kevin Spacey and Jamie Foxx. Yes. Also pretty much from rounds, everything. Yeah. Yes. Rounds out the pretty much the whole uh, cast of characters. Well, uh, Lily James is the uh, waitress. Oh, Barbara. I guess. Yeah, we should mention her. She's kind of a, a new another new person on the scene. So, yeah, she She's she's uh she's of relevance to the story. Actually, probably the best acting in this movie was from her. I bet. Yeah, she did a pretty great job. Yeah, um, I mean the other the other everything else is do. like character caricatures. Yeah, yeah, she had more to do. Everyone else is everyone else is kind of their code name. Yeah, and chewing scenery. Yeah, yeah, and they do a they do a great job of that. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Kevin Spacey is the. Uh, head of it's not really a syndicate he just uh, i guess it is but he never puts together the same team well twice. he's yeah i mean he's like the uh i don't know he would be the paul servino of the uh, uh uh of well maybe not maybe not the paul servino but maybe the the guy down he's the jimmy conway of goodfellas right he's the guy that sets the jobs up right and then, and then uh, yeah. Ray Liotta and Joe Pesci go out on the, on the, you know, they take down the heist. Yeah. 
right? So he's like the mastermind or the the guy that sets up, he the, sets up the scores. Yeah, the scores. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is it. This is a heist movie. This yeah. is what it is. You know, and we're talking about Baby Driver. He is the the wheel man. Yes. Um, and we're talking about uh, uh, well, Baby, who is uh, Ansel. Mm-hmm. Um, Sweet so, baby. yeah, so this movie is all about score and and visual, yeah. right? The, yeah. the like the storyline and everything like that is it's all about style. Yes, yes. So that means it's it's score and and uh, the visual, right? Yeah. It's about the. Yeah, uh, the opening scene, you know, and and or the the music they choose yeah. and yeah, carefully like, curated the characters that are in there. Like the you know every character in here is a uh, just a like there's there's no subtlety to no. them. No, you know, and then when they try to introduce subtlety, I think it that's when it hurts the movie. You know. Like this is like you said, it's all yeah, it's, style. It's all about well, you know what? Um, to <laughs> this is like um, it's like Drive. Uh, like there's a lot of parallels to these two movies for me. Um, it's like Drive, but on like Coke and maybe ecstasy. It's a it's a um, more accessible drive. Yeah, it is. It's less it's, it's less uh, pretentious, it's, but it is it does have that through line. It has that. Um, it's drive for the masses. Yeah, it's the, you know the the kid that's the best at what he does um, doesn't want to be doing what he does. In with a crime boss. Um, the uh, the uh, style over substance. The um, soundtrack driven action um drive doesn't have a ton of action but you know the soundtrack also just kind of pulses away like stupid (laughs) like stupid stupid plot lines like like ridiculous and like far-fetched plot lines like like uh, i i think there's a lot of lines that can that a lot of parallels between these two movies um which is funny because uh, if you don't look at that, um, I, like if if you don't notice that, I don't think that you would be missing anything. It's just I I love Drive and and uh, yeah, I I couldn't help but but kind of put those pieces together. Um, no, I yeah, absolutely, you should. I mean, it it is almost. It's not a it's parody. Not a, it's not a ripoff. It's not a you know. It's not. It's not a send up. It's yeah. it's it's like a a, a redheaded stepchild of mm-hmm. you know something like that. It's 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 um it's a derivative a derivative of nah, maybe I, I, no, not I derivative. Like derivative I, has I, a I mean, negative connotation. Yeah. I I think they're they're different ways to make uh the same kind of movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so. and, and, you know, you hit Whiting Refn and, and Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's no, not a whole lot of comparison between the two. No. But <laughs> you, can, you can see similar similarities between mm-hmm. the two 
with these two movies. And I, and I didn't even think of that whenever. And I, I, I appreciate that uh, from your perspective because mm-hmm. there are, now that I look back on it, there are a lot of, because of the, um, you know, uh, the, the lead character baby mm-hmm. uh, and the driver, there's a lot of similarities between the two, you know, very soft spoken, very, um, there's, I mean, a little bit overdone with the, uh, the backstory, but you don't know a whole lot about like, how did they get so good? Like that's never explained, you know? Um, and they're, they're outsiders in the crime world and, uh, they just happen to be great wheelmen. So yeah. Yeah. They're they're the best at what they do. Yeah, they're like Wolverine. Yeah. Uh, so let me ask you something. Um, with with the characters in this yeah. movie, um, I I think that like with the soundtrack and the style of this movie, I love those parts of it. Yeah. But I thought I thought the characters kind of detracted from it. Whether it's John Hamm and Jamie Foxx and Kevin Spacey. And uh, uh, what's her name, uh, Darling? Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they detracted from the uh, from the movie because I th- I think that like you were supposed to like these characters, you know, like like try like whether they're hateable or lovable or despicable, mm-hmm. like. I think you were you were supposed to enjoy them, and I never found myself liking any of those characters. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I love the style of it. Yeah, I love yeah. the music in it, but like the, okay. the characters themselves were overwrought, man. Well, so I I like the characters, and I think what I liked about the characters is that this movie is it. It is very style over substance, and um, that can be a good thing, and I think that that works in this movie. So having these characters who are really just caricatures and really kind of just embody their um, code names, um, like that's kind of going to tell you everything you need to know about them. Um, I thought they were uh, they were fun. I I don't think that um, I think that maybe towards the end with uh, Buddy with John Hamm um, that turn like it's necessary to move the plot forward but that turn almost um, doesn't fit with the first uh, two thirds of of the movie that well so, uh, see I like that turn because. Because it was he, necessary. Was, he was one thing and then he turned into something else. And whereas a character like Jamie Foxx, mm-hmm. like, like how many times can he be like distrusting, like and distrusting and distrusting? And like, yeah, it's it just it got tiresome. Like I that character was like, like he didn't even need to be in the movie. Like, no, like, not really, I, because he he. um Buddy really is the one that drives the plot forward. And uh, I think that's something that, because I think, um, what is his name? Jamie Foxx's Bats. Yeah. I think that he could be a good character, but he's ultimately unnecessary. And um, with John Bernthal's character, Griff, 
he would have been better at that, like, right? Maybe. But the thing is, he when I think when when his his role is over, you don't see him again. But when Jamie right. Foxx's role is over, you still have another 30 minutes with him. Right. And and I think that that kind of detracted from his character. But I I like that the characters were pretty simple um I think this is this is a great example of how a um, one-dimensional character can can work well within a story. Like I, I enjoyed everybody. I liked their. I thought the performances were pretty campy, um, but not um, not like Bruce Campbell level over the top. Um, but just just perfect. Like I felt they functioned really well inside this movie. I guess, man. I think they. Like, I had I really had problems with the characters in this because like they they made Buddy and um, Darling like such the Bonnie and Clyde, mm-hmm. but I never like I never like bought into that love affair because it was so overdone. Like every time you saw them on screen, they were like fondling over each other, like loving each other. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it was just like overwrought with. Um. You know what I mean? Like, it, and whenever, you know, we already did spoilers. When she was killed, like, mm-hmm. oh, this is obviously what's going to happen. Like, right. okay. You know, and, and maybe that's, maybe it is the style over substance. Mm-hmm. And this is how it's supposed to go. And this is it just to lead to the next uh, chase, mm-hmm. shootout, whatever, you know, car scene. Yeah. Um, I just I I like I don't think like uh, for me John Hamm is Don Draper and I like so far like he's great in Bridesmaids but other than that <laughs> he's not much of a movie uh, actor. Oh, I'm gonna miss you so much. Yeah, <laughs> so great. But I really got to get up early tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, he was awesome in that. I I liked him in this. I liked um, his kind of. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I I just liked what he brought to the the role, and it it isn't a role that asks a lot of him, but I I just I enjoyed him, and I and I definitely he will yeah always be Don Draper for sure. Yeah. Um, that's going to follow him for the rest of his career, no doubt. But, um, you know, that I, you could potentially say the same thing for, for John Bernthal. Like, uh, yeah, or I would actually I compare it more to uh, Brian head. Cranston. Uh, Brian Cranston is a beloved comedic actor. I understood, but like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, his the role that he'll be known for will be. Yeah, you always look at him as Walter White, and you always look at, like, even if you do the, you know, undercut, like, flop top haircut, yeah, you're still Don Draper, mm-hmm. yeah, know, with a with a six o'clock shadow. Yeah. Um, I'm so, sorry, you guys are getting so some back perfect. noise. It's my so, dog is chewing on a bone. Pod dog. It's it's such a perfect shadow. So let me ask His you this, stomach. okay? Mm-hmm. 
let me ask you this about this movie. Uh, like, so, like, the style of a substance thing is, yeah. like, obviously, yes. obvi- an obvious thing, right? Yeah, but, yeah for sure. <clears throat> so, but you have to have, you have to hang your hat on something, right? Mm-hmm. Is Baby a, a character that you can hang your hat on? Like, is that the character, like, as... Um, you know, and we're seeing everything through his eyes. Every scene is in his. Every scene is through him. Like there's yeah. no like off camera stuff. Yeah, he's cool. he's the POV character for the entire movie. Did you connect with him? Because like with a style over substance, you have to ride with him, right? Right. Is that the guy you want to ride with? Um. Yeah, I I think that they were able to. Um, I th- I think that Edgar Wright was able to give him enough to do, in the way of making him a sympathetic character, that um, that I, I was with it. Like I I think that um, he's not an incredibly complex character, um, but he is interesting enough to kind of be the guide to carry us through this movie. Um, I, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of, well, see, like I look at it as like a natural born killers thing. Right. Um, right. I, I couldn't help, but can like, look at this as, uh, like when you were looking at, um, what we were talking about earlier. Sorry, too many beers. Uh, you were comparing something to something. Anyways, was, I like I'm looking at this. Regard well, regardless, yeah, I, yeah. like I'm looking at the characters of uh, Buddy and Darling as the natural born killers characters, and I'm looking yeah. at I'm looking at. Um, as uh, baby and his girlfriend as those same thing because like regard whether or not like she's implicit in his acts she's going along with him yeah and I what I felt I just I I thought it was just thin man like I thought the characters were so thin like because. What what really hurt was whenever uh, Kevin Spacey's character or, or Doc's character did his turn at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, well, then why is he so bad? Like, why would he be so, you know, like he helped him at the end. Right. But why, why wouldn't he let him go earlier? You know what I mean? Like, why would he be such an intimidate, intimidating bad guy, but then let him go at the end? Yeah, that is. Yeah, that's that, true. That, that I thought it was a cheap, a, a cheap uh, way to go, and I think that probably Kevin Spacey had something to say about that, maybe in the middle of it. You know what I mean? Like, because like if 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 he wouldn't let him go at that point, mm-hmm. then why would he save him at the end? Well, I think at the end it was the only explanation I could maybe offer for that, or or why I could see it working um is he so baby's his his best wheel man he's not gonna let him get away 
Um, but when this final heist goes south, that's it for Doc. He's done. Right. And, and um, the only thing that I could think of is that he sees this kid, like, he knows this kid's not a criminal. Um, and the only thing I could think of is is he just lets him have this one last piece, but because he knows that baby's, uh, you know, got a one way ticket to, like, he's either gonna end up dead or, or in jail. Yeah, yeah, so, I get. It. I just, I mean, I, I'm a, I'll, I, I 100% agree with you. The characters are thin. Yeah, and maybe I'm 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 concentrating too much on that, mm-hmm. and that I should like lend myself to the style of it. But yeah. they did spend a lot of time on the character development, and like if you're gonna be just a caricature, mm-hmm. then just do that. Like you're Mister Blonde, you're Mister Blue, you're Mister Pink, right? Yes. And you do that. Don't don't put any investment into the relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, don't because at the end of this. It went from from style and substance or style over substance to relationships. Yeah. At the end. And that's what kind of put me out of it because like, okay, this is different than what we had gone to this point because yeah. we had caricatures and now we're getting into uh, dynamic relationships. And I I like I get that for sure, because it's it's up until that point, you've been sold a different movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I get that definitely. And and don't get me wrong, I love the music, love the the mm-hmm. way that they did. Uh, I mean, the opening scene is fucking amazing, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just a great car car chase and all that stuff. And like, if you want visual, and it, nothing's dark in this movie. I mean, there's some you know dark scenes as far as, mm-hmm. um, but like they're doing things in bright daylight that are just amazing right you know with the cars and stuff it's fun it's it is a fun movie but it takes a turn at some point from being like really 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 like fun style to uh you know uh some serious like um cathartic moments for baby and like i don't know that we need that So, yeah, I'm I, I, I've, no, I've, 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 no I, th- I think you bring up a, a whole, yeah, a lot of valid points to, to unpack there uh, for sure. Um, it is, it does feel like um, the, the only thing that I could maybe say to that is he, maybe the, um, there was either pressure from a studio or from himself uh, to close this story out. Cause this is something that just could, um, this is the type of movie that could um, with it being so stylistic, have just an abrupt, no closure ending and it would work. I think it would work right. pretty well. Um, but I, I, I think that maybe somewhere along the lines of the decision was made that we need to, we need to find a way to wrap this up and it does delve more into, um, 
storytelling and narration in the third act. And there is uh, where a movie like drive, yeah. it never gets to that. Right. Right. It never, it never does that. You know, where you have that it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's more about the motif of it than the, uh, than the substance, you know, or the, you know, you know what I mean? Like that. I mean, motif is a different mm-hmm. word for maybe style. It's it's the oh this is the essence of it yeah and and it it never it never delineates itself from that from that form mm-hmm. and it 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 stays stays true to itself but the, like this kind of like wavers between like oh I have a blind friend you know yeah you know what what's <laughs> that. And uh, I mean, it serves the plot. Yeah. At one point, and you know, it sets itself up. That's fine. I get it. But like, pick something, man. Like, and I'm like, I'm really shitting on it right now. But and I and I did, but I did like it. Like, I I, mean, it's okay to be critical of a movie. But like, like what we're here to do. But when it takes you out of it, you know. Yeah. When you are enjoying something and you. You have that. Um, for me, it felt seamless, but clearly, um, if so, if it's going down one track and you all of a sudden notice and um, these things detract from your viewing experience, that's definitely worth. Whether you like the movie or not, it's absolutely worth talking about. Yeah. So. Well, like, what uh, what are the things that were like stood out for you? Like the best things of it. Um, the, was it the soundtrack or the? No, uh, I actually or... didn't like the soundtrack very much. Like, I I thought that it was well done, but it's not the type of thing where I'm gonna rush out and uh, and listen to it when I'm not watching the movie. Did it uh, like? The song, the different songs with the races, like are not the races, but the like the the chase scenes and stuff. Yeah. Did, did they? Did I? I think they were pretty good. With, oh, I I think that it was very expertly curated. It, it felt like a Tarantino type thing where like they're taking obscure. Well, there's a couple like obvious. Yeah. Uh, uh, songs, but like there were a lot of obscure, uh, obscure songs. Yep. Yeah. That that lent to it because that's uh, Tarantino was famous for that, where it was like taking like these obscure songs and making them popular. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I think the the only difference I would say in that is I um, I could listen to the uh, Reservoir Dogs or I could listen to the the baby driver soundtrack, but I, I'm not clamoring to hear the baby driver soundtrack again. I think it, it serves the movie incredibly well. And, um, those action sequences are the thing that I remember for sure. Those chase sequences. And they're so few and far between now, um, where, uh, you have the, I'm not interested in the fast and furious franchise. And at this point, they're you know do, doing like submarine chases and and launching planes or launching mo- uh, movies, launching cars out of planes. Like I I like this because it feels more um, more grounded, even, even though it is um, wild and fantastical. It 
it feels more um more visceral and more palatable and and that just makes it more exciting yeah so i i thought the um the chase scenes were excellent the um the music selection is great um but uh i don't know i i guess i'm just kind of projecting or or thrown out i i've heard a lot of people say like oh you know i i love the soundtrack and it it's well curated for the action, but it's not like, man, I, I want to go. Yeah. There's no song that like sticks in your craw and is like, oh my God, that's, right. that's one. Right. And it, like, I thought, I thought the same thing as well. I was like, oh, it lends itself really well to these chasing. Like, it's like, oh, it, it's the perfect setup. And even if it's mm-hmm. a weird little, um, you know, scene, it's just like, um, well, it, and I yeah, like, it, I like the quirky little kind of um, it, almost interludes uh, of like baby mixing the songs up and yeah, <laughs> like that that stuff is fun. Um, it just uh, a lot of the first act of the movie, which uh, I think was incredible, and that's kind of that momentum carried carried the whole movie for me but a lot of the first act is like a beautifully choreographed dance even the scenes of him walking down the street have a rhythm to them and a purpose and um the first act in the sec into the second was i mean i was in i was there Mm -hmm. but as things like continued to drag out a little bit like with the character's and as it turned a little bit from like drive into maybe a kind of a fast and furious type situation where, you know, you have these over, uh, these, these huge larger than life characters, like actually now they have to, uh, carry the rest of the movie. That's whenever it kind of fell apart because like the, the style of the first was like, let's do this for, two hours let's go you know what i mean and and then everything kind of kind of fell off for me you know yeah that's fair i i get it i i can definitely see where you're coming from but for me this was um this movie's almost two hours long and i I, it felt like it it, i breezed through it and uh i loved it i i thought there was the humor was well placed. The um, oh uh, yeah, the Mike, sure. the Mike Myers mask. I love that. Um, but I do, I do think that um, there's there's definitely parts that could have been cleaned up. It could have benefited from, uh, like we talked about, um, the real driving force of the plot um, for the third act was Buddy. Um, no, he he in himself became Michael Myers. Like I don't yeah. think that's an yeah. that, I don't think that I that's, don't think that's an uh, uh, a mistake or a coincidence. Yeah, that, that they is had a good that. point. Because like it was that type of uh, reoccurring, mm-hmm. you know, and antagonist that kept showing up. Yeah, um, I do think it would have benefited from if uh, bats uh, played if he kind of disappeared the way that um, Griff did 
after the first scene like you you uh you you pay your um you you uh service the plot how you need to and then fade away like i think that that was um a cool thing with they did with griff that it made me want more but i understand why they did it because they kind of overplayed their hand with bats like he did not need to be after that shootout scene, he could have kind of faded away. Right, and but here's I, the other. And the thing with um, with bats is like his crisis, like uh, baby's crisis of conscience, mm-hmm. came way too late. Way too late. Like after, like he's killed a bunch of people, and potentially will kill more. Yeah. Like like and literally does kill more because of his actions like like why not take him out earlier? And like I know he's in a, you know, tough spot and all that stuff but like uh, I don't know. I it's it's just it's a little disjointed and I and I love like I you know, I I'm going to watch everything Edgar Wright does. Mm-hmm. I just I feel like he there. I mean, I think there was a little bit too many hands in the or too many uh, cooks in the kitchen for this one, maybe. Yeah, I could see that for sure. I I do think that, um, like I said, some somewhere along the line, there was pressure to end this movie. Um, yeah. To to wrap it up, to uh, give it a bow. I mean, even with the when they have that um, kind of montage of character witnesses, it's like that's superfluous. Like that didn't need to be there at all. It could have ended with him putting his fingers on or putting his hand on the uh, on the uh, uh, the keys. Yeah. Right. It could have ended right there. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a, a lot of, in my opinion, I, there's a lot of good movies that. Um, that could almost be lifted up by having a more daring ending and um, instead of kind of sputtering out. And I think that that's what this did. Uh, but ultimately I, I really liked it. I gave it an eight. Um, I thought that it was, uh, it, it delivered everything I was looking for from a movie like this. I mean, and like I crushed it tonight. Like I'm, I'm like, crushing no, this movie. Hey, that's okay. And, like, and I did enjoy it. I really did. I like. Mm-hmm. I loved the soundtrack, and I loved some of the characters at some points. But like, uh, I I gave it a six. Okay. Um, but like with a, a caveat of you should probably watch this movie because you'll like it. Yeah, I was. I you know, like I would recommend this movie. Strong. It's just there's a lot of flaws for me. Yeah, they're they're definitely there. And uh, there's a lot of style in this. And like you should watch this movie because of the driving mm -hmm. and the music and stuff. And like there's somebody's on Um, like there's a reason why uh, he made this movie like he had a a vision of Mm -hmm. like he like because Edgar Wright is has this. I mean, he has an affinity for um, certain 
uh, for music and or for you know for soundtrack, right? Yeah. And he he was able to incorporate it into the movie because of the way uh, Baby uh, embraced music, right? Yeah. Like the way he loved it, and and like the the back and forth between him and his girlfriend were, were great. Like I love that, you know, with the music. It just that that was fun. Yeah. Oh. So yeah. I I give this a six, but like you should like a six would, but you should watch it. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Hey, I I um I think it's good to be even movies you like. I think it's good to be critical of it. I mean, that's the best way. Um, I was taught the best way to understand movies is to pay attention to movies. Yeah. Like you're gonna you're gonna learn more from watching a movie than you are from reading a textbook about about movies specifically yeah so yeah. i uh i i think that um yeah being critical i'm super critical of uh even even of movies i like like there's very few like i have a hard time calling a, a lot of movies perfect movies and like yeah yeah i think there's a few out there but there's yeah being being critical of of things you like is definitely okay. So, I mean, I, I'm glad that, and, and us having this discussion makes me have to think about my stance and, and what I liked about the movie. And so, yeah, I'm, I, I don't think that you were unfair. You've it, to me, it sounds like you're being unfair with yourself about how you, yeah, right. It's yeah. like me beat myself up for yeah, not like, you're being totally fair to this movie, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, well, it it has my recommendation, and uh, I don't know what what else is there to say. I guess. Well, I think Doc said it best when he said, "Retarded means slow." Was he slow?
Answer. I simply say, play. 